0: But some of you will already have these words memorized. And for others, perhaps you'll simply want to listen and have these words prayed over you tonight. And we're encouraging you to share it with others. Tonight, I want to tell you about one of the most influential pastors and martyrs of the 20th century, who not only taught, but knew personally the cost of discipleship. This is the story of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Let us quiet our hearts before Almighty God. that we may now live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Our psalm this evening is Psalm 100, on page 398 of the prayer book. O be joyful in the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before His presence with a song. Be assured that the Lord, He is God. It is He that has made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. O go your way into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and speak good of His name. For the Lord is gracious, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures from generation. To generation. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Tonight I want to tell you the story of a martyr whose story has so deeply influenced my own personal life and so many others. And his life continues to challenge the church today to take the costly stand against all forms. Of political idolatry let me tell you the story of dietrich bonhoeffer it was 1933 and adolf hitler had just been named the new reich chancellor and the protestant church in germany was about to begin a great battle a battle for the very soul of the church a battle that would come to be known as the Kirchenkampf, the church struggle within several years of hitler's ascendancy A large portion of the German church was electrified by Hitler's vision of a strong, rejuvenated, and ethnically unified Germany. Many church leaders began calling themselves the German Christians, Deutsche Christian, and they sought to transform the church into the spiritual arm of the German state. They wanted a church defined by German ethnicity and German identity, a Volkskirche, a people's church as they called it, a church that adhered to the National Socialist motto, Blut und Boden, blood and soil. But for that to happen, they had to remove from the church all non-German influence, especially that of the much-despised Jew. By the end of 1933, One German church synod went so far as to voluntarily adopt the Aryan paragraph into its canons, a clause limiting their church membership to those of the Aryan race and excluding others. Numerous prominent church leaders joined the Deutsche Christian and the National Socialist Party, including Lutheran scholar Paul Althaus, the renowned biblical scholar Gerhard Kittel, But not all German Christians stood idly by as Nazism attempted to take over their church. In the fall of 1933, an influential German pastor by the name of Martin Niemöller started an organization called the Pastors' Emergency League. Within weeks, nearly a third of the Protestant clergy in Germany had joined the league, and within the year, it would go on to become a large anti-Nazi movement known as the Confessing Church. Niemöller was a crucially important leader of the Confessing Church movement, but he was also joined by the great Protestant theologian Karl Barth and one of the most important rising names in both German academic theology and church life, a young pastor by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. When Hitler rose to power in 1933, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was only 26 years old, but even at that early age he was already a well-known pastor and theologian, Dietrich was born into a large family. He was the sixth of eight children, and the whole family was highly accomplished. His father was a well-known and highly respected psychiatrist and neuroscientist. His mother was a highly educated daughter of an esteemed German theologian, and nearly all of Dietrich's siblings were incredibly bright and highly talented. But even within such a talented and accomplished family, young Dietrich stood out. At the age of 21... Having already completed the equivalent of a bachelor and master's degree at the University of Tubingen, Dietrich was awarded a Ph.D. at 21 in theology, summa cum laude, from the University of Berlin. A couple years after completing his doctorate, Dietrich traveled to America, where he spent a year teaching theology at Union Theological Seminary in New York City, and although his time there was short, what Bonhoeffer experienced in America deeply impacted him. Though he was unimpressed by the theological rigor in the American seminary, he was deeply impacted by the authenticity and deep faith that he discovered in the black churches he visited, especially Abyssinian Baptist Church in Harlem. When he returned to Germany in 1931, Dietrich took a position at the University of Berlin, where he quickly became well-known as one of the most admired and sought-after lecturers. And so it was that despite his young age, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was already known and respected when Hitler was appointed Reich Chancellor. Two days after Hitler's appointment, Dietrich Bonhoeffer delivered a radio address criticizing the new chancellor and warning Germany of the idolatrous danger it faced in relation to its new leader. In 1935, Bonhoeffer started an underground and unapproved seminary to train young pastors to serve within the confessing church. He loved the work and it was during this time that he wrote some of his most beloved books, such as Life Together and The Cost of Discipleship. But Nazi resistance to the confessing church accelerated, and in 1936, the pro-Nazi German bishop, Theodor Heckel, condemned Bonhoeffer as a pacifist and enemy of the state, and revoked his license to teach at the University of Berlin. A year later, Martin Niemöller was arrested and imprisoned, It was the following year, in 1938, that Gestapo banned Bonhoeffer from even coming into Berlin. In 1939, the next year, Union Theological Seminary in New York City offered Dietrich a position. And since his underground seminary had been shut down, it seemed right for Dietrich to leave Germany and relocate permanently to America. But almost immediately upon his arrival, he regretted it. He wrote, "'I've come to the conclusion that I made a mistake in coming to America.' I must live through this difficult period in our national history with the people of Germany. I will have no right to participate in the reconstruction of German life after the war if I do not share the trials of this time with my people. Christians in Germany will have to face the terrible alternative of either willing the defeat of their nation in this world war in order that Christian civilization may survive, or willing the victory of our nation and thereby destroying civilization. I know which of these alternatives I must choose, but I cannot make that choice from security." So, back in Germany, Dietrich joined a German resistance movement. And on April 15, 1943, he was arrested for complicity in a group's attempted plot to assassinate Hitler. He was imprisoned in Tegel Prison for a year and a half, before being transferred to the cellar of a Gestapo house prison and then on to Buchenwald and Flossenburg concentration camps. Dietrich struggled immensely with loneliness, doubt, and grief during his time in prison. But even during his imprisonment, he continued to study and pray and write about the Christian faith, especially about the revelation of God in the form of the crucified Jesus. In a series of letters and reflections that he wrote in prison, Bonhoeffer said, the God of Jesus Christ has nothing to do with God as we imagine Him. If we are to learn what God promises and what He fills, we must persevere in quiet meditation on the life, sayings, deeds, sufferings, and death of Jesus. And again, if we start with such ideas as God's omnipotence, omniscience, and omnipresence, we will never arrive at a true knowledge of God. However, if we participate by faith in Jesus Christ— As the one who is there for others, we are liberated from self and experience the transcendence that is truly the God of the Bible. On April 9th, 1945, one month before Germany's surrender, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was executed by hanging. Years later, a camp doctor who'd witnessed the execution described the scene vividly. He writes, The prisoners were taken from their cells, and the verdicts of court-martial read out to them. Through the half-open door in one room of the huts, I saw Pastor Bonhoeffer, before taking off his prison garb, kneeling on the floor, praying fervently to his God. I was most deeply moved by the way this lovable man prayed, so devout and so certain that God heard his prayer. At the place of execution, he again said a prayer, and then climbed the steps to the gallows, brave and composed. His death ensued in a few seconds. In the almost 50 years that I've worked as a doctor, I've hardly ever seen a man die so entirely submissive to the will of God. Jesus' words in Matthew 16, verse 24, were clearly at the heart of Dietrich Bonhoeffer's life. And the invitation is for these words to be at the heart of each one of our lives. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? This is the story of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the story of an ordinary saint that God empowered to impact his generation with the gospel. May his story inspire you and remind you that God is still in the business of empowering ordinary saints today. Let us confess we believe in the words of the Apostles' Creed, saying together, I believe in God, the Father Almighty. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord have mercy upon us. Christ have mercy upon us. Lord have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and take not your Holy Spirit from us. A Collect for Peace. O God, the source of all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works, give to your servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and that we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. A Collect for Aid Against Perils Lighten our darkness, we beseech You, O Lord, and by Your great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night for the love of Your only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A Night Prayer Let us conclude this evening with the Collect of a Martyr on page 637 of the prayer book. Almighty God, you gave your servant Dietrich Bonhoeffer boldness to confess the name of our Savior Jesus Christ before the rulers of this world, and courage to die for his faith. Granted we may always be ready to give a reason for the hope that is in us and to suffer gladly for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. This concludes this evening's podcast, and I'm glad you joined us for Praying with the Saints. If this prayer podcast has blessed you, we encourage you to subscribe at christchurchplano.org and we encourage you to share this with your friends. I'm Father Paul Donison, and I'm looking forward to praying with you next time. Until then, I pray that you would have a peaceful night and a perfect rest.